Welcome to Hand Surgery Resources Podcast. Welcome to Hand Surgery Resources Podcast on Gamekeeper's Thumb, or it is frequently now called Skier's Thumb. In 1955, Campbell reported ulnar MP joint instability in Scottish gamekeepers as a sequela of their occupation. Dealing with trapped game resulted in repetitive strain of the ulnar collateral ligament of the thumb. Since that time, the eponym of Gamekeeper's Thumb has been loosely adopted as a description of various injuries to the ulnar collateral ligament of the thumb MP joint. Watson, Jones, and Bennell were the first to realize that the untreated thumb MP joint ulnar collateral ligament injuries could result in weak pinch and weak grip. They recommended plaster immobilization. On the other hand, Stenner uniformly recommended surgical intervention because of his anatomical studies that showed the displacement of the ulnar collateral ligament often associated with this injury. To understand gamekeeper's thumb, the first step is a careful review of the anatomy of the thumb, the orientation of the abductor pollicis and the thumb extensor tendons with the interconnecting confluent dorsal aponeurosis are key features. The proximal edge of the aponeurosis can catch the torn ulnar collateral ligament when it is inverted and irreducible. After we Moving the adductor aponeurosis in the uninjured thumb, the collateral ligaments are visible. The MP joint capsule is a complex fibrous structure which is reinforced by the proper collateral ligaments, the accessory collateral ligament, and by the extensor tendons. Additional reinforcement is provided by the volar plate and the sesamoids inferiorly. The accessory and proper collateral ligaments are more easily visualized through an open joint approach. The proper collateral ligament originates dorsally in the metacarpal head and inserts more volarly on the proximal phalanx tubercles. The proper collateral ligaments are taut during MP joint flexion. The accessory collateral ligaments originate just volar to the proper collateral ligament on the metacarpal head and they insert into the volar plate and the sesamoids. The accessory collateral ligament is taut during MP joint extension. The classic gamekeeper's thumb was a chronic occupational injury caused by years of thumb MP joint ulnar collateral ligament stress. In the recent times, skiing and other athletic injuries frequently cause an acute rupture of the thumb ulnar collateral ligament. Even this skier injury has decreased after modern poles design eliminated the strap that previously locked the thumb against the pole during a fall. Despite these changes in skiing, we still see thumb ulnar collateral ligament injuries related to numerous and various types of sporting accidents. In addition to pain, patients with thumb MP joint collateral ligament injuries complain of localized swelling and ecchymosis. They often report hyperabduction or hyperextension mechanism to their injury. Particularly in the subacute cases, they may frequently complain of thumb MP joint instability, especially with power pinch. Acutely, they complain of poor pinch and grip secondary to pain. In the more chronic cases, the grip and pinch are hampered by the instability of the thumb MP joint. To properly examine a thumb with a torn ulnar collateral ligament, a thorough understanding of the aforementioned thumb MP joint anatomy is key. These signs of thumb ulnar collateral ligament injury include point tenderness over the ligament, swelling, and ecchymosis on the dorsal ulnar aspect of the thumb MP joint, with swelling sometimes extending into the dorsal first web. The joint may be unstable compared to the uninjured thumb. Occasionally, the displaced ulnar collateral ligament can be palpated dorsally and ulnarly to the joint line, secondary to a Stenner's lesion. The evaluation of the thumb MP joint stability is very important because it distinguishes between partial and complete ulnar collateral ligament injuries. When assessing the stability, the examiner should stabilize the metacarpal with one hand 
while the examiner's opposite hand manipulates the proximal and distal phalanges of the thumb. The examiner should visualize the long axis of the metacarpal and proximal phalanx. Stability should be examined both in thumb epijoint extension and in flexion. In addition, the uninjured thumb should be examined to determine the baseline laxity of the patient's thumb MP joint. When the ulnar collateral ligament is stressed, partial injuries typically have 15 degrees or less of abnormal laxity, and there is a solid endpoint to the stress testing maneuver. Complete ulnar collateral ligament ruptures typically demonstrate ulnar collateral ligament laxity of 30 degrees or more without a solid soft tissue endpoint during the examination. The patient with a complete gamekeeper's thumb ulnar collateral ligament rupture will show marked laxity in the ulnar collateral ligament in extension and in flexion of the joint. When evaluating patients with acute ulnar collateral ligament injuries, x-rays are important. They allow us to rule out any associated fracture, joint subluxation, or even joint dislocation. X-rays easily identify ulnar collateral ligament avulsion fractures off the base of the proximal phalanx. A small fracture may be treated as a ligamentous injury. However, fractures involving more than 20% of the joint surface, fractures in which the articular surface rotates into the fracture site, and those of fractures associated with a stenosis lesion frequently need operative fracture care in addition to surgical management of the collateral ligament injury itself. Routine x-rays with radial translation of the MP joint of greater than 2 millimeters are consistent with a complete ulnar collateral ligament rupture. However, in gamekeeper thumb injuries, most routine x-rays are normal. In this situation, stress x-rays that demonstrate an abduction angle of 35 degrees or greater can verify and document a complete ulnar collateral ligament rupture that is not apparent on routine x-rays. There is a theoretical risk of creating a stenosis lesion during stress testing, but I have not observed this phenomenon. To interpret accurately the arthrogram or the MRI of the thumb MP joint, the thumb epijoint synovial cavity should be studied by dissection and by frozen macrosections after injecting colored latex into the joint. Anatomic specimens will show a dorsal synovial recess both over the metacarpal head and a small recess over the dorsum of the proximal phalanx. These phalangeal recesses are indented dorsally by the extensor tendon, specifically the extensor pollicis brevis as it inserts into the capsule. Volarly, a large recess extends proximally under the metacarpal head. Distally, there is a very small inferior recess because the volar plate attaches firmly to the proximal edge of the phalanx, just slightly distal to the joint. With two dorsal and two volar synovial recesses, plus the joint space, the sagittal section of the joint cavity has an elongated hourglass appearance. The thumb MP joint arthrogram can be a helpful imaging tool when evaluating the ulnar collateral ligament acute injuries, especially if the patient is claustrophobic and cannot tolerate an MRI. The thumb MP arthrogram is done by injecting 1 half cc of contrast with 1 half cc of lidocaine into the MP joint of the thumb with a 25 gauge needle. Images can be captured with plain x-ray or with fluoroscopy. The contrast can outline a completely non-displaced ulnar collateral ligament that is completely torn. It can also show a stenner's lesion. It can also demonstrate a filling of the void on the ulnar side of the joint, which is created by the displacement of the ulnar collateral ligament seen in the stenner's lesion. Ultrasound is another very useful imaging tool for verifying ruptures of the ulnar collateral ligament. The specificity and sensitivity of ultrasound investigation is in the range of 75 to 85%. This accuracy is even better 
when diagnosing Stenner's lesions caused by the ligament being displaced and the joint space on the ulnar side being empty. Currently, MRI is considered the benchmark imaging tool for evaluating gamekeeper thumb injuries. It has been reported to have 100% sensitivity and specificity. MRI can usually distinguish partial from complete ulnar collateral ligament injuries. MRI can assess the degree of ligament displacement even when the ulnar collateral ligament stays within the joint. MRI can also identify the Stenner's lesion accurately in most cases. MRI, therefore, can limit unnecessary surgical intervention, especially for partial ligamentous tears. Once the surgeon has collected the history, done a detailed thumb exam, and reviewed the appropriate imaging studies, ulnar collateral ligament injuries can easily be classified and categorized into acute and chronic. The acute ulnar collateral ligament can also be defined as partial or co complete. In addition, the complete injuries can be distinguished as minimally displaced, displaced, or consistent with a markedly displaced Stenner's lesion. Unless the patient requests a trial of non-surgical treatment, surgeons typically recommend early ulnar collateral ligament repair for complete rupture of the ulnar collateral ligaments for displaced injuries and particularly for those with defined Stenner's lesions. The partial ulnar collateral ligament should be treated with four to six weeks of casting or splint immobilization. Chronic lesions that are symptomatic enough to warrant surgical treatment should be divided into those with arthritis where the ambijoint arthrodesis is indicated and those without arthritis. Those without arthritis can be repaired with either a static or dynamic reconstruction of the thumb ambijoint on the collateral ligament. Before moving ahead with acute surgical repair, the surgical anatomy should be reviewed. To understand the need for surgical treatment in gamekeeper's injuries, the Stenner's lesion anatomy must be fully appreciated. The Stenner's lesion has been studied using cadaver thumbs. The common proper collateral ligament attaches to the proximal phalanx underneath the adductor aponosis. When the joint is subject to hyperextension or hyperabduction, the ligament may detach from the bone and then become irreducible as it is diverted behind the proximal edge of the adductor aponeurosis. When this occurs, the joint will remain unstable after closed management because the ligament unable to heal back to its normal insertion site at the base of the proximal phalanx. It should also be understood that in living tissues, the ligaments rupture and displace with significant force. A complete acute ulnar collateral ligament rupture and Stenner's lesion is an absolute indication for surgical repair. A dorsal incision will be used to approach the dorsal aspect of the thumb MP joint. With the incision open, the ulnar skin and the dorsal cutaneous nerve are retracted ulnarly to show the damaged ulnar collateral ligament. The edge of the abductor aponosis is usually released from the ulnar aspect of the extensor pollicis longus tendon to further allow visualization of the collateral ligament and its insertion site. The ruptured displaced ulnar collateral ligament is often located underneath the thin proximal portions of the abductor aponosis. The dorsal radial sensory nerve is seen in the ulnar flap. The ruptured ulnar collateral ligament, i.e. the Stenner's lesion, is visible dorsal ulnarly over the metacarpal head. This displaced ulnar collateral ligament is caught behind the proximal adductor edge, which can be translocated into the MP joint because of this injury. The malpositioned adductor blocks the ulnar collateral ligament from its anatomic insertion site at the base of the proximal phalanx. Once the adductor aponeurosis is removed from the joint, Ulnar collateral ligament distal end can be reduced against the proximal phalanx insertion site where it can be repaired using a suture anchor technique. A pull-out suture through the base of the proximal phalanx can also be used for this repair. The accessory collateral ligament portion of the ulnar collateral ligament structures can be sutured to the volar plate with additional sutures. 
Many surgeons secure the empty joint with a K-wire after repair of the collateral ligament. Typically, the K-wire is removed at approximately four weeks after the surgery. When the patient presents with a chronic ulnar collateral ligament tear, which has been neglected for two to three months, there are multiple surgical options for reconstructing the collateral ligament. The static option includes mobilizing the scarred ligament and repairing it with a suture anchor. The second option is to use palmaris longus tendon graft and secure it with a pull-out or interference screw. Typically, four centimeters of graft is sufficient. The proximal end is attached to the metacarpal head at the ligament's origin and inserted distally at the insertion site on the base of the proximal phalanx vulnerably. The tension is set with the joint in 30 degrees of flexion. Chronic ulnar collateral ligament tears can also be reconstructed using dynamic procedures such as an adductor aponeurosis advancement, an extensor pollicis brevis tendon transfer, or an extensor indicis proprius tendon transfer to reconstruct the damaged, sometimes absent, ulnar collateral ligament. Chronic ulnar collateral ligament tears with associated instability and secondary osteoarthritis require a thumb MP joint fusion or arthrodesis. In conclusion, let's review some of the key points related to Gamekeeper's Thumb. First, the ulnar collateral ligament typically tears off the base of the proximal phalanx, while radial collateral ligaments usually tear off the head of the metacarpal. Second, the volar plate and the sesamoid provide extra stability to the thumb MP joint. Third, when the ulnar collateral ligament tears partially, immobilization alone is usually sufficient and will allow appropriate healing of the torn ligament. Fourth, the stenar lesion is a complex soft tissue injury, somewhat like a complex dislocation, which cannot be reduced through closed techniques. In the Stenner's lesion, the ulnar collateral ligament is not in its anatomic position and will not heal with casting alone. Fifth, surgical risks to consider when treating gamekeeper's thumb operatively include infection, nerve injury, failure of the collateral ligament to heal, etc. These risks are real, but fortunately are quite rare. Sixth, current surgical repair with bone anchor is routinely used to secure the ulnar collateral ligament to its insertion site. These devices are quite strong. However, they are still only 30 to 60% as strong as the intact ligament. So finally, repair requires healing for it to function properly. Seven, it is important to realize that these ligaments do require treatment when they are torn completely. Untreated ulnar collateral ligaments will often lead to thumb impijoint osteoarthritis. 8. When treating gamekeeper's thumb injuries, keep in mind that the gamekeeper's ulnar collateral ligament avulsion fracture can usually be treated closed. Surgical indications include malrotation of the fracture fragment, a large percent of the articular surface being involved in the fracture fragment, and marked displacement of the fracture fragment, i.e. a bony Stenner's lesion. Finally, whether one is repairing the ulnar collateral ligament or internally fixing the displaced fracture fragment, surgical outcomes are usually excellent. Most patients can return to work and or sports within three months. Patient satisfaction is typically high. Thank you for listening to our podcast on Gamekeeper's Thumb. For more information, please see our online text, Hand Surgery Source, at our website, www.handsurgeryresource.org or find Hand Surgery Source app at the Apple Store or on Google Play.